Welcome to the Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business. I'm your host, Donald Miller. I'm joined by my co-host, Dr. J.J. Peterson. Hi, J.J. Hi, Don. J.J., we are going to talk about something that is a pain okay. for everybody listening. Tim's in the room. <laughs> Tim is actually part of the solution yes. to the problem. Do you remember when we were young, when we first started this company, uh-huh. how easy it was to get things done? Yes, because we could literally turn our chairs around and talk to each other. That's right. And then yes. you just do it. Yeah. You just make a thing. Hey, can we do this? Let's do it. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And things changed. Yeah. Now, I will say this. It is just as easy with the company we have now to get things done quickly. It's just that it causes an enormous amount of problems that it didn't used to cause. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so t- literally Tim, who we love, went on sabbatical recently. He, Tim is our execution guy. He's our COO. Went on sabbatical. Every seven years, if you're in leadership here, you get a, an extra two weeks of vacation, but we require you take it with one of your other weeks. Yeah. So you're gone for three weeks. Turns off his phone, all that kind of stuff. He leaves, and then we filmed this course, which we had already planned, and Tim was there for the filming on mission statement, how to write your mission statement, your guiding principles. And it's basically the formula or tactics that screenwriters use to pitch their screenplays to producers. We use the same tactics for you to create your narrative and pitch it to your team members and for everybody else. For your company and your, exactly. your so, life. So it creates a things. mission statement guiding principles that people will actually pay attention to rather than ignore yep. because they're compelling and interesting and fascinating and you want to give money to see it happen. Yes. So we've finished that. Tim goes on sabbatical the next day. Uh-huh. Two days later, was it you or who did I call and say, I think we should turn this into a You called me. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think we should turn this into a workshop. <laughs> yeah. And so we bought blockbustermissionstatement.com. Uh-huh. You can go there now. We put up a website. <laughs> you can register, and it's going to be a thing we're doing in January. This is not an ad, by the way. I'm actually talking about execution. Yeah. The problem is, we didn't tell anybody else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, our, and our COO is on sabbatical. So he, he comes back from sabbatical, and a whole new product exists that yeah. he has never heard of. Yeah. And in the old days, that's fine. In the new days, when you've got 40 people or so, you know, all with jobs to do and sales teams with stuff to sell, and you've got events coordinators with calendars to, to deal with and buy, it creates a problem. Yeah. And that can be very frustrating for an entrepreneur. Yeah. And so we are in a phase now, and we're going to be very open about this on the podcast, where we are having to move from startup company to growth company. Yeah. And one of the things, if not the thing that has to change the most, is me. (laughs) (laughs) That has been made abundantly clear. (laughs) Uh, Much to my disagreement, mm, we did mm. a vote. It was 39 Mm. to 1. That, hmm. <laughs> that I was the one who needed to change. I mean, if you and by say the way, so, I mean, when if everybody votes so. against you, it's very easy to keep a book. That's just what I'm, I just want everybody to know that. But yeah, so I've got to change. And so I think a lot of the listeners that we're interacting with in this podcast feel the same. Yeah. Uh, they reach a certain level of success and that right. creates other, that's not right. necessarily even problems, but you have to do things differently. You have to do things differently. And if you stay in the old ways, you just won't. You won't continue to grow. Things will not get bigger. You will not expand your team. Right. You will not move up the ladder of leadership in your company. You're capped. Yep. I mean, you're capped at probably about $5 million. Well, even if you're in a role like in a division, like if you right. always do the same things, if you want to grow even personally, if you want to grow personally, you most likely will reach a ceiling and you're going to have to change one or two things to start moving up the ladder a little bit more. What's frustrating is that as an entrepreneur, you're able to move so quickly. Your ideas are probably so good. They turn into profit. You have a nose for what's profitable and what's not profitable. And things get done quickly. Yeah. 
And it's very difficult to trade that for slow moving, having even more impact that moves slower. Yeah. Because what we're doing is we're equating speed to productivity. Yeah. JJ and I were together this morning over at the studio. We were filming a Business Made Simple daily video. And I talked about the difference between a shovel and an excavator. With a shovel, you start instantly, and it's very detailed. And you're you, working you get, hard by you, yourself. You're working hard. You're getting it done. Feeling it, about, you, good about everything that that's is right. happening. And the excavator, you got to warm it up. You got to get it delivered. You got to get a permit. You gotta, it's the slowest thing in the world. And the reality is you get three guys with shovels in the backyard for four hours, and they cannot get done what the excavator, once you fire it up, can get done in one yeah. minute, right? <laughs> Big things just move slower, but they move bigger things around. Yeah. I say that, one, to our listeners, and two, to myself, <laughs> to <laughs> remind myself that's how this works, yeah. that the key is systems, processes, rolling out a vision rather than announcing it, getting buy-in, things like that. That's important. And we are going to, probably for the next 12 months and beyond, have a very open conversation occasionally with our listeners about the mistakes that we've made, the successes we've had in developing an execution program, in moving from startup phase to growth phase, turning things into systems and processes. I'm going to have Doug Keim on the show pretty soon. He's our executive vice president who came over. He was offered enormous amounts of money and a private jet and all this kind of stuff to go somewhere else. And he actually came to us because I begged him. <laughs> By the way, they say you shouldn't cry in business. It works. Uh, he came and he's helping us. And so he's going to be kind of my mentor on the podcast as we go through it. But he did an MRI of the company. We're an incredibly successful company. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's not kid around. He did an MRI and there are, I think there are 27 things that need to be fixed. Yeah. So we don't just need a surgery. We need 27 surgeries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in order to take this thing. And all every one of them comes down to you're thinking like an entrepreneur. Yeah. Which is not bad. But I want to make the change. I want to make the switch. And I'm willing to go through the education if if everybody here will go with me. Today on the podcast is Megan Hyatt Miller, who yeah. is the daughter of a Michael Hyatt. Yep. Yeah. And they created the full focus planner. We talked for a little bit about the full focus planner. We talked about that on the podcast before. But I wanted to know more about how you come up with your vision and how you implement that all the way down into the company. So it's a, it's a quick conversation. We only talked for about 20 minutes. But this is going to be a recurring theme with different guests. And we're going to take the growth phase of this company public, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> we're not taking the company public. We take the growth phase of this company to the podcast and hope all of us learn from it. But I thought, you know, Megan would be a great place to start. Yeah. They're brilliant over there. They're a few miles ahead of us. And I thought maybe this would be a good place to start the conversation. So, you know, without further ado, here's the, the opening conversation about moving from startup to growth, killing your entrepreneurial instincts, creating systems and processes in order to work with a bucket loader instead of a shovel. Here's the first conversation with Megan Hyatt Miller. Megan, thanks for joining us. Hey, Don. It's great to be with you. I was just telling you, but I'll tell the listeners, I was in Austin, Texas yesterday at the Omni Hotel checking out, and the gentleman checking me out had on the desk there at the Omni the full focus planner. Oh, I love that. It's in the wild. It's in the <laughs> wild. And I even pointed, I said, I felt like I was name dropping. I know the guy. I know the guy who did that, who created that. I know that, that guy. And he's everything you want him to be, as is his daughter. And you are the, you're the chief operating officer. That's right. And you guys are just booming. I mean, the business is booming. I want to get from you, well, productivity first, but then I want to get into planning. I want to get into how do we organize a company. And you've had this problem just like we have 
where you know it starts with two people, three people, super easy to organize. I mean, you can change direction at lunch and then change it again the brec- breakfast the next day, and there's zero tension. And we and- have. <laughs> <laughs> we have too. Not those were the old days. Those were the old days. Yeah. Now, if you do that, half the people end up in Canada, and half the people end up over here, and half the people. And nobody ever got the memo that we had changed directions. I want to get into that second, but I want to spend the bulk of our time there. But will you just give us tips on being more productive? Personally, before we get into the organization, how do we become more productive personally from your perspective? Well, you know, from my perspective, it's so important to focus. But before you can focus, you have to have clarity. And I think clarity is all about knowing what you want and where you're going, you know, really referencing your vision and your goals, and then deciding how to make progress on that on a weekly and a monthly and a daily basis, you know, you kind of right. go through those those individual time horizons. So for example, as you know, with the Full Focus Planner, we encourage people to set what we call the weekly big three, which is where right. you're identifying, yeah. you know, what are your top three priorities? for the week that if you get nothing else done, you got to get these three things done because they're going to move your most important goals and projects forward. And then on a daily basis, you also have a daily big three. You know, what are the top three tasks that if I get these things done, I'm going to feel great when I hit my head on the pillow at night. I've done that for years and years and years and you can't beat it. And what you don't hear a lot, you know, that's a great tip for getting things done. It's also a tip for mental sanity. Oh, my gosh. When you sit down in the morning, it's just very hard to know intuitively what you should be working on. And a lot of times I feel like I feel, you know, there's just too much going on today. And then I'll sit down, I'll make my list, and I'm like, actually, I could be done by eleven thirty. This is right. crazy. Yeah, this and is it's not is as gravy. bad as I thought. <laughs> yeah, the rest is super easy. All right, that's really great. Talk to us about, you know, with an entire organization. You're the COO over there. How do you get everybody on the same page? What's your rhythm for doing that? First of all, it starts with our company vision. And that's what we've been working on. As you said, we're in strategic planning. And so that's kind of the first phase of our strategic planning with our executive team is to go through what we call a vision script. My dad actually has a book coming out next year called The Vision Driven Leader. And it's all about vision. And really, we're looking at what do we want on a three-year time horizon with regard to our team, our products, our marketing, and the results that we're getting. What does that look like physically? Do you guys get a little cabin in the woods somewhere? What do you do? We've done it a lot of different ways. We actually just did it in, in the conference room at our office this time. And you know what? That was kind of great. That was partly informed by the fact that I have a brand new baby and kind of needed to be yeah. close to home. Yeah. She's with us there in strategic planning. So, but it worked really she has well. Ideas. She has ideas. Yeah. I tell her she has the best <laughs> ideas, um, but that's really where it starts. But you know, I think the thing where it breaks down often is there's not what is often referred to as cascading communication, right? Like it starts with the executives or the CEO and everybody's kind of like on the same page, like you said, a few people, but then it never gets all the way down through the organization. So our practice is that first of all, kind of leading up to our annual meeting every year, we go through layers of the company. You know, first uh, it's the executive team, then the leadership team with our directors, then we share it with the whole team. So you come up with the vision. How long does that take? Are you getting that in a series of four-hour meetings or what are you doing? We spent two days working on that this year. And of course, we're at this point, we're revising one from the past. So, you know, the first time you do it, it's going to take the longest. You know, we're just talking through it. So it takes a couple days and then we're pulling together kind of the next layer of our team and running it by them. And we did that earlier this week and they said, oh yeah, we we think that's pretty good, but these things don't quite work. You know, maybe you didn't think of this, which is so helpful. You really want to stress test it before you share it with your whole company. Not only that, but you're getting buy-in also. Right, exactly. Yeah, if you come in and say, here's where we're going this year, here's our theme, 
and nobody else really helped contribute to that, yeah, that has negative ramifications. Right. People don't like to be kind of told. They like to be included and they like the opportunity to get aligned. So that's super important for us. And then what we do kind of after we've gotten all the way through that process and we share it at our annual meeting where we have our spouses of our team members there, those who are married. So we get everybody aligned at that point. But then we're going to review it on a quarterly basis at our team training that we do. So we always do some kind of professional development. You do that quarterly? We do that quarterly. So we're going to read the vision script. We're going to talk about our core values and our mission. So, you know, there's no chance of anybody forgetting. And then we're going to deep dive into one of those four areas, team, product, marketing, or results. Like we're talking to people who don't know anything about our business, you know, because the bigger you get, the people in the finance department may be really disconnected from what's happening in product, you know, and vice versa. You'd be shocked to realize the people in your organization who've been there for years don't really know what's going on. They're not in those leadership meetings. They're not in those meetings. And I think what happens as you grow is you go from, like you said at the beginning, implicit communication where it's like osmosis. You just kind of get it. You know, it's in the water, it's in the air, and it can easily be transmitted through a few people. You have to make the shift to explicit communication where you're not assuming that people are just going to pick it up. You're not assuming that it it's just going to, you know, naturally transmit. You actually have to explicitly carve out time to share that vision, to share your mission, explain who you are on a regular basis or you just lose people. Okay, let's back up before we get into talking to people and sharing the vision and getting buy-in. Let's go back to that initial meeting. What questions are you guys asking yourself to decide what the vision of the company is? Well, we're asking ourselves, you know, who do we want to be in three years? So that's kind of the big question, but then we're breaking it up in the categories of team and product and marketing and results. You know, who do we want to be with regard to our team and our culture? And that's a really important one. And there's a reason that it's first, right? Because if that, if you don't have that figured out, a lot of things are going to break down. You can have amazing products. You can be generating incredible financial results. Your marketing can be killer. But if you don't have a team, you don't have sustainable success. Right, right. But the key question, who do you want to be in three years? Why three years? Well, five years feels like, or even 10 years feels like too much, you know, in in the kind of market that we're in and the environment we're in, it changes so rapidly, right? So if we're thinking about five years out, I mean, who knows what innovations, it's not that we're not thinking about it, but who knows what disruptive innovations are going to happen, how things are going to change for us. We really want to be able to get our arms around the time period where it's long enough that we can set long range goals, but it's not so far that it's kind of intangible. So three years just feels about right. Of course, we do annual planning as well. We're going to break that down, that three-year kind of time horizon into milestones that become our annual goals. But, you know, three years feels about right to us. But it's three years for the entire company and then for each division and also each product. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's really great because it gives you a chance to understand that you probably wouldn't without that exercise. We should kill this product, right? The three years, I don't see this product being alive in three years. And you suddenly had this realization that a lot of the bandwidth you're spending doesn't even need to be spent because this is not where you're going. And that's the value, I think, of vision is that it really becomes a filter. You know, all of a sudden, when you get crystal clear on that vision before you start projecting financial results and all that kind of stuff that you do on an annual basis, you can ask the question of, does this really fit or not? And we had a couple of realizations this year of a couple of things that don't fit that we're going to be making some changes on. And we do that every year. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Do you organize the meetings with everybody? Do you put them on the calendar and check them off a list? Who's in charge of that? 
So our director of operations is in charge of that, Susie Barber, who I think you've met before. And so she's kind of the master company calendar manager, you know, so she'll look at kind of like where we need to end up if sort of the end deliverable is an annual budget for 2020. You know, that's sort of like the last thing that we're going to finalize. If we're going to have that done by the first week of November or middle of November, then when do we need to start? Okay. And then feedback, I would imagine, in those meetings comes back. What do you do with the feedback? What do you do with saying, we don't really like this direction? It can be hard. I mean, honestly, I had it happen this week, you know, where, yeah. I mean, I was feeling really good. I was like, yeah, we, we got <laughs> to totally yeah. nail. They're going to love it. You know, we're just going to sail right through this and, and get on with it. And a couple people on our leadership team pushed back pretty hard on a couple things. And it was so helpful. I think as a leader, though, you have to have tolerance for the tension. And that's something I always feel like I'm having a conversation in my head when I'm leading that meeting. Like, okay, this is good. This is not conflict in a destructive sense. This is constructive, you know, right, and I, I need right. to make space for it. I need to encourage it, but it can feel a little like hurting cats. It gets messy a little bit at that point. And I think the job of the leader is to create space for it, but then ultimately to get everybody aligned, decide what, you know, input is going to be um, really going to change kind of the outcome of the vision script and then move forward. Okay, now that you got everybody bought in, you got a company vision, you have everybody bought in, I just want to know practically, are you painting it on the walls? Are you putting it in the human resources handbook? How are you reminding people this is what the vision is? I think the biggest way that we're doing that is at those quarterly meetings. You know, we are dedicating significant time to read through it like, you know, a passionate, dramatic reading yeah. of our vision. And, and by the way, this is really important. The vision is written in the present tense like it's already happened. When you're listening to it being read, you should feel like you're three years in the future and you're standing in that company that you envisioned. That's really good. That's a good tip. That's exciting. I mean, honestly, as we were doing that, we were like, we're so excited. And then we're like, oh yeah, three years hasn't actually happened yet. (laughs) (laughs) But you feel like it. If you've done it well, you should feel like you're three years in the future. That's interesting. There's been research on both sides of that because some people would say, and I think it was a TED talk that said, right. if if you celebrate publicly a future win, you lose the motivation to go make that win happen. Right. Totally. I thought that for years and I thought, no, nah, I mean, I still just feel like I get really excited about a trophy in the future and I still chase it and all that kind of stuff. So it's an interesting psychological point, but I love that idea. I love actually wording it as, as though it exists. Okay, now let's talk about implementation. We've got our strategic direction. You got the vision. Now, how do you get down into, okay, what do we do with this vision? How do we make this vision happen? What does that phase look like? So kind of the next step for us is that we would break it up into three-year milestones, okay? So we have our, the vision script becomes a list of three-year goals on that list for us right now. There are about 27 things across all four of those, you know, categories, obviously way more than we're going to accomplish in a year, for example. Then we're going to go set milestones. So we're going to break it up and say, okay, which of these things are we going to accomplish in 2020 and 2021 and 2022? That's kind of like roughing out where we're going to put our focus, you know, strategically for the particularly the next year and beyond. From there, we're going to then go and set annual goals for the company. So this is what we have coming up in another week and a half or so. We'll be setting our annual goals. And that's for us. That is where we're going to break down who's responsible for those goals. So like if there's a finance goal, our CFO might be responsible for that, a product goal, our chief content officer, et cetera. So there's going to be owners to the individual goals. So everybody's, you know, if it's everybody's job, it's nobody's job. It's going to be given to somebody in particular. Right. And then they're going to have to create kind of the next steps and the action plan around that. 
but that's our focus. On a quarterly basis, we're going to be reviewing those goals. The individual departments on our team are going to be setting departmental goals, two or three departmental goals that support the annual goals that they're working towards. So I think the biggest thing is visibility. Are you creating scoreboards in each department where they can see those goals and measure them? They kind of each have their own way of doing it right now. That's something we're probably going to be developing in the future. We're working on a big dashboard project right now across many of our departments, and I think we'll incorporate that in some way. It's a little bit informal right now. It's outside of those meetings. But I think the most important thing is visibility because usually the reason we don't accomplish our goals is because we either have too many and it's just impossible. We haven't properly accounted for you know what we can really do or because we just don't review them often enough. And we're like, oh, shoot, we were supposed to get that done last quarter. And it just completely fell off the radar because this other thing came up. I'm amazed at that. That's been one of the more frustrating things about running this company is, you know, we've had several years where I've come up with something and it's been very important. And we pushed it literally for two or three months. We made physical scoreboards. We worked really hard, gave definite and it fizzles. Yeah. I and mean, the second quarter, it's gone. Nobody's thought about it. And part of the reason nobody's thought about it is there's so much good stuff going on, right? right. This is not a I problem know. of, you know, we're not making money or whatever. It's costly. It's right. just there's so much going on exactly. that we lose focus on those goals. Um, and we've tried the Rockefeller plan scaling up. We've tried four disciplines of execution. Pieces of those have all worked decently well for us. We attempted to create our own execution, and we're still Band-Aids everywhere. And part of it's just very, very hard when a company is moving as fast as yours is and as ours is to figure it out on the fly. Totally. It is very hard. You're fixing a tip on the wing while you're at 30,000 feet. Like you're crawling out there with, <laughs> oh, <laughs> with a raincoat on and then a drill. so true. <laughs> Trying not to fall <laughs> yeah. off. Yeah. That's kind of how it feels sometimes. Okay. In terms of implementation then, visibility is super important. What do you guys do to keep people accountable to implement? Yeah. So besides reviewing at our company-wide team training every quarter, that's huge. Each of the department heads is going to review their quarterly goals with their direct supervisor, most of whom report to me, and they're going to share on their progress. So I know every week, how are they doing on those goals that we've all agreed? And do you have a binder that you're looking at their goals? No, they're responsible to bring those. It's just a regular part of our agenda. They're responsible to review their goals and provide me with an update on their progress every week. So I kind of want to automate that. Like, I don't want to have it have to be a whole special thing. I want them to just have that be the primary focus of our meeting every week is how are you doing on your goals? Is there anything I can do to help you? Is there anything in your way? And let's, you know, keep going. And it's worked really well. Well, that sounds great. Are you guys going to incorporate a team-wide sort of planning system? You know, you've got the full focus planner so everybody can organize their own time. Are you going to do a team-wide thing? I think we are. That's my non-committal answer. Yeah, we were talking about it this week, actually, that what we feel like, you know, in our business accelerator coaching program, what our clients need is that, you know, they need an almost like paint by numbers planning yeah. process because everybody talks about how important it is, but very few people know how to do it or could administer it in their organizations. You know, and the great thing about what you guys are doing, you actually just provide worksheets. You just like fill this out. Right. <laughs> you fill exactly. this out once a week. Right. Fill this out every day. And then fill the next thing out. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. That's super helpful. Megan, where can people go to find out more about Full Focus Planner if you're one of the few people who haven't heard about it? That's right. You can go to fullfocusplanner.com. You can see our three new lines there, including the one I designed called the bold line. Bold. Yeah. Bold. It's it's colorful. It's bold. It has a lot of energy to it. The executive and in the classic. Is that to appeal to more women, you think? You know what? That was kind of my original inspiration for it. I had a lot of people, particularly women coming up to me at our event 
comments and saying, will you please design something? gray. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But a lot of men have ended up using it too. A lot of men in our company are using it. So well, I think there it's you really, go. you know. Men can be bold too. The world is changing. That's right. All right, fullfocusplanner.com. I use it and I love it. Betsy uses it. We love it. I think it's fantastic. That's how you organize yourself. But we are looking forward to you guys releasing new products and how we organize our entire team and keep moving forward. Well, that's where our focus is. You know what I love about you guys? You're not just ivory tower philosophers. You're actually pragmatists. You're practitioners. Well, we're kind of solving our own problems, right? You're solving your own problem. The best solutions come right out of that lab. Yep. <laughs> Megan, thank you so much. Thanks, Don. This has been so fun. You just got to do it, right? Yeah. You have to sit down and actually create your vision and then have a plan for getting everybody else on board. And yep. what stinks about this is you used to build products and sell them, and now you're building a company that builds products and sells them. Yeah. <laughs> as an individual. Like as, as, an yeah, yeah, as an entrepreneur. Yeah, as an entrepreneur. But at the same time, you know, how much impact do you want to have? Yeah. These are the necessary steps. JJ, we, last week we talked on the podcast about some tools that will help everybody listening do this. Mm -hmm. And one of them is coming up, and we're very excited about it. In two weeks, on October 28th, we release Business Made Simple University. Yes. And we can't be more excited. It's the biggest thing we've ever done as a company. And I'll just give you the evolution of it. StoryBrand started as a framework, a messaging framework. We put together an online course. That online course was very successful. And we decided we wanted to create some more online courses. And then that the conversation kept going internally to where we realized we really want to build something like uh, what Netflix has done for streaming movies. We want to build that for courses for corporations. Yeah. And right now, if you want to develop your people, it's unbelievably difficult. You have to hire a facilitator, bring them in. You have to close down the company. You have to do all kinds of stuff. There should be an easier way. Yeah. And so we have built that at Business Made Simple University. There are four courses that we're launching initially. Those courses are our messaging course, which I think it's like 100 grand or more creating that. They're beautiful courses. And then you and me and Kula did a marketing made simple, our sales funnel course, yep. which was enormously exhausting to try to get all that on film. <laughs> yeah. But it's basically how to, it can teach anybody to create a sales funnel that can make you millions. Step by step. Step by step by step. And then we review sales funnels, like websites, emails, all sorts of stuff. We review them in a very comical way. Yeah. <laughs> um, you and me and Kula do that. So you're going to get a lot out of that. And then the most exciting thing I think I've done in 10 years was actually a course on called Mission Statement Made Simple. How to create your mission statement guiding principles. We use this blockbuster formula that a lot of screenwriters use to pitch their stories to Hollywood. Mm -hmm. We help you use those same kind of ideas to pitch your story to the world and your internal staff and get solidified around the same page and increase passion and engagement. Eventually, Business Made Simple will have 100 courses or more, and there will be a track on money, a track on finance, a track on HR, a track on emotional intelligence, a track on we're negotiating now with thought leaders that you wouldn't believe. Yeah. We're very, very excited about it. Our first emotional intelligence track is Ian Cron yes. on the Enneagram. Who we've had on the podcast. We've had him on the times. podcast before. He's incredibly popular. It's one of those popular episodes we've ever done. And of course, everybody's talking about the Enneagram, but how do you understand it? Yeah. And this is the best online tool, period, to do that. So we sat down with Ian and we created that course. So you get, when you sign up for Business Made Simple, you get my messaging course. Well, you get the mission statement course to fix your internal message. My messaging course to fix your external message. The marketing course for how to create good marketing. 
And then the Enneagram course for how to not blow up your company because of staff <laughs> frustration yeah. and have some emotional intelligence. All of that costs $275. I know. <laughs> we used to charge $1,500 for one of those courses and 2000 for another. And those courses were remade yeah. and are now 275 So they're better. Yeah. And they cost $275 for all of them. And here's why we did that. There were economic plays that would have made us more money. We did that because if you aren't developing your people, you're probably going to lose them. And so I understand as a business owner how hard it is to get 10 and 20 and 30 people to want to learn. And we just said, okay, these courses are going to be fun. They're going to be entertaining. They're going to be interesting. And they're going to be priced where you can buy them for your entire team. The software that we've created to run these courses on actually has a scoreboard. So you can put a scoreboard in your lobby and you can show, you know, Nancy over in the warehouse has watched 43 videos and done 23 assessments and your CFO hasn't even turned on the machine. (laughs) And that's going to be embarrassing. And so we we want to embarrass you into developing yourself. (laughs) No, but we we just made it competitive and fun. Made it competitive and made it a game. Yeah, turned it into a game. And the other thing that we really love about what we're doing is these are not ivory tower philosophers. They are practitioners, you know. And so we're negotiating with somebody now who is going to do a course on finance, how to read financial statements. And he's the most genius person I've ever heard explaining how your P&L works and how your income statement works and all this kind of stuff. He literally uses cartoons yeah. and does it. And that's great. That's fantastic. What I love about him, though, is that he owns 17 companies. Yeah. He literally will buy any company. He'll read the financials, and he knows how to fix it based on what that dashboard is saying. And he's a genius. And so those are the kinds of courses that we are creating. Well, I mean, it's literally called Business Made Simple. Right. There's a couple of things you've already mentioned. Like, one, we like to have fun. And yeah. so we want to make learning fun. We know that when people have fun, they learn more. The other part is that we want to get kind of these big, crazy ideas that feel so hard, like marketing. When you just go, oh, just go do marketing, that feels so hard. And our mission from the beginning has been, we're going to help you get clarity to how you do marketing and bring clarity to your messaging. So we take kind of these big principles that I went to school for, for, you know, essentially (laughs) 20 years (laughs) by the time I got done, and boil it all down to very simple principles. And we're doing that with every single one of the courses. And by simple, that doesn't mean ineffective. It means literally, no, you're going to be able to get it done because execution and actually doing something, put like you know what Megan's talking about, putting a plan together and actually being productive with that plan. We want to be able to say that every course that's in the Business Made Simple University, these concepts that are going to be fun to learn, they're going to move you forward as a business leader, and they're going to be taking these crazy concepts that often seem overwhelming and confusing and make them so simple so anybody can engage in them. And they're legitimate too. You just sat down with a major university that everybody would have heard of. Yep. And they said, we want to use the StoryBrand framework for our master's, for our MBA program. Yep. And that would be our marketing track. Yep. Well, you can get that exactly for 275 bucks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And and then you get Ian Cron on top of that. Yeah. At businessmadesimple.com. You cannot get it right now. It's not available, but it's going to be available October 28th. If you're listening to this after October 28th, you can get it. Go to businessmadesimple.com and hit notify me. If you're listening to this after October 20th, you would just click buy now. Then we will notify you. Now, here's the thing, and the reason JJ and I spent so much time going through this, for about 10 days from October 28th to, I think, November 7th, it's buy one, get one free. So we're launching it. If you have 40 people on staff, you only have to pay for 20. If you just want one, you can actually email your spouse and they can get the free one. But it's buy one, get one free. You know, we really want this country 
especially knowledge workers, to begin to develop themselves and take their own development into their own hands because college is very, very expensive. And then as a business leader, developing your people is astronomically expensive and very, very difficult. And we hope that we are making this easy. We're working right now with a law professor who's also a practitioner on a course on negotiation. So imagine if everybody on your staff knew what your mission statement was, what the guiding principles are. They knew how to message things to position the customer as the hero and stop telling their story and start inviting the customers into a story. And also how to negotiate contracts in such a way. (laughs) How much more money would you make and how much less money would you lose? And then also how much more would your people love you for investing in them? And so go to businessmadesimple.com today, click Get Notified. We'll make sure that you know the second that it's available. And then you have those seven to 10 days, I can't remember, but you have a, a limited window to get a buy one, get one free. So you want to take advantage of it right away. Businessmadesimple.com. JJ, another great episode. Yeah. I love that we get to create these products. So fun. Yeah. It's going to make a big difference on your team. Music from this episode is by Andrew Bell. You can listen to Andrew's latest record, Dive Deep Hushed, on Spotify or Apple Music. Thanks so much for listening to the Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to develop your people. 